I looked at it as kind of like a way to get my master's and then I was going to do special education, but, you know, that was not the case. This is What's New with Adaptive Physical Education, and I'm your host, Scott McTamara. Really excited to be bringing you our 10th episode, and um, we're going to do things a little different today. It's going to be a compilation of um, the all of our interviews and kind of like a best of. Uh, every interview, I always ask a question about what their best stories are in the field. So I thought I would share those with you, and I might give a brief introduction to each one prior to the soundbite. But before I did that, I wanted to maybe talk about me for a little while because I'm always the one interviewing, and you know I never really talk about myself very much. And I thought I'd talk a little bit about my background and myself and APE and how I got involved in it. So. As most of you know, I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and I grew up uh, pretty uh, impoverished. Uh, I grew up in a trailer park with a single mother until I was 10 years old. Um, You know, I never felt poor, but uh, that was definitely the circumstances that we were in, where we got free lunch and I went to Head Start, and but... Uh, when I was 10, uh, my mother remarried, and she had a, another son, um, and my brother was born, and he was born with some developmental disabilities. He was not able to talk till he was about five, and um, from that, that's where I kind of got um, some experience working with people with disabilities, and I used to volunteer to school, and I used to help out, and I went to IEP meetings for him, too. Um, and so when I got to Wayne State University in Detroit, I started working in special education. And uh, I wanted to be a special education teacher. And then at the end of my uh, bachelor's degree, I was looking at working with special needs kid either in Detroit or I was actually looking at the Peace Corps as well. And then we had a seminar meeting where Dr. Susanna Dillon came in and introduced to us the idea of APE and she let us know that there was a master's program as well. Now I had never heard of adaptive physical education before this time which is a crazy thing when we went through this whole special education bachelor's and it never was brought up. I never saw it in textbook. Teacher never brought it up and that's just you know crazy to me now but never had heard about it and at the time right I was offered a one-year master's program and to be perfectly honest with you I looked at it as kind of like a way to get my master's and then I was going to do special education but you know that was not the case and so I started the program and the program had us teaching in the field for 20 hours and we taught uh, students with emotional impairments, students with intellectual impairments, autism, SXI, I mean everything really. And uh, we worked at all these different levels as well and we had a mentor, Lisa Berg, who would watch us and then give us um, advice and critique our lessons. We would um, 
present across the state on adaptive physical education. We were in classes and we did master projects and we had an amazing time. Uh, and after that year, I started working as a special education teacher in Warren and I also did APE sometimes as well, but not to the extent that I really had wanted or had APE involved in the IEP process to the amount that I would have been happy with. But uh, with that, I was also still engaged with a lot of different volunteer programs. I did an autism program at Oakland University. I worked with athletes with autism at Wayne State University, which was a sports club for kids with autism. And then I, with me and some of my other colleagues, we started at Camp Abilities Michigan, a blind sports camp that we've mentioned before in the podcast uh, in Michigan. Um, and it, we're in our third year now, and it's really great, and we love it, and we're involved in all these different things and play all these different games, and it's been an amazing experience, and it's continuing to go just like this podcast. My last year at teaching, uh, I started going to school at Wayne State for my PhD, and I knew I wanted to get my doctorate because I knew that I had something to offer that I wanted to offer something to our entire field and I mean that I wanted to build awareness and I I want I didn't want what happened to me as a special education uh, major as a bachelor's to happen again it was truly a disservice to me and to many people I talk about in special ed they never heard of adaptive physical education and now that I've been through the program and that I've worked in APE and now at the PhD level, I, I can't tell you enough how important our field is. And I may be a little biased, but for most of the kids I've worked with, APE is sometimes the most important curriculum that they get. I mean, it has functional skills, recreational skills, social skills, cognitive skills. It is so useful for them and it's so easy for them to apply the skills that they're getting in AP. And um, so I started my PhD and after the year, uh, Dr. Susanna Dillon, my mentor, she ended up uh, getting a job at TWU and I heard all these fantastic things there. And um, since I was only taking one class a semester and teaching full time, I made the tough decision to move, pack all my bags and move to Texas Women's University with my colleague Leah Gowdy. And now I'm here. I'm involved in a lot of the programs here. I'm still running camp. And I started this podcast in this very rigorous program and I'm really enjoying it and I feel like I'm really gaining a lot. But in a PhD program, you're supposed to develop a niche. You're supposed to develop your field of research or what you're going to be an expert in. I wanted my my research piece and my passion is advocacy of our field to build awareness of APE in education world and people you know all over there is a shortage a severe shortage of AP teachers nationwide and there's severe lack of awareness of our field And I hope things like a podcast and I hope things like different types of media will be able to help prevent what happened to me and not knowing about the field and not giving it much thought either. 
So thank you so much for everyone that's been listening so far and all the comments I'm getting. I'm I'm so happy with where we're at with the podcast. And with that, uh, here is our uh, best of. And I apologize, the audio at the beginning was not where it's at now, but it's always going to be a work in progress. This first one is Carol Dazer, a friend and colleague of mine, and also works with me at Campabilities. Well, one kind of stands out this year. I, like I mentioned before, I got the uh, trikes, and I got ten trikes. They're they're really great for students with disabilities. It's a tricycle, but it's larger for your older kids, and it has a bar on the back where you can, if your students don't have uh, uh, use of their legs, you can push them. I mean, they just feel so free and so um, fun on those bikes, those trikes. Well, I have one student, he was quite overweight in the center program. And he'd come in and lay on the gym floor. And it'd, it'd take everything we had, the Parapro and me, to get him to get up and to, you know, do something. Um, but once the trikes came in, he, you know, he, we were able, because, you know, all kids want to try and ride a bike. They, it's something different in PE. It's something, you know, I got him on the trike. And I think that, and I have pictures of him smiling and uh, riding. I think that's the only time he would get his heart rate up. And I thought, you know, I got him up and I got him moving. I feel so good. And he feels good. And then mom was asking, can I get him a trike, one of those for this summer? Can I? So I gave her the information where she can get one and. This next one is Brad Wiener, a AP teacher, a national AP teacher of the year from Maryland. One of the greatest professionals I've ever had the um, ability to work with. And uh, so here he is. One where, it's not one of the silly stories, but it's one where I was working with a three-year-old and for a period of months, I was getting her to enhance her, her static balance, her standing balance. She finally got it and then was able to take a, a step or two forward. And so I got to see her first steps. And for me, that was uh, one of the greatest feelings that I've had in a job, being able to see her take her first steps. And I got it, I, I had it on video and I was able to share it with the parents. And to, to see the parents now be able to take this home and, and, and see their child take the first steps. That, that, to me, that was the, that's the, the best story for me. This next one is Matt Meskel from uh, Maryland School for the Blind. I met him through Judy Bird, who uh, does the kickball and bait baseball and makes the equipment, and she put us in contact because she knew about the podcast, and um, it just went from here, and this is also how I met Dr. Hagel, was through uh, Meskel. Sure, sure. So just recently, um, you know, I, I was saying that we had the new track and field and, and uh, with the beat baseball diamond. Um, well, we lost a whole season, a whole track season because of that. So it was just one big mud pit as they were constructing it. So our students um, were really disappointed that we weren't going to be able to have a track season. Um, so we came up with the idea to do a mud run, which was so fitting because our track was just a bunch of mud. So we, we gathered a group of uh, dedicated students who really wanted to put in the hard work. Uh, we worked with Savage Race, who's an amazing company to work with, uh, and we put our kids into a six-and-a-half-mile uh, mud run race, uh, Savage Race. And so we just thought we were going to go there and accomplish it or, or get as far as we can, 
and it would be for ourselves. And we thought, you know, we would we would appreciate ourselves what we did. But um, after completing the six and a half miles in about six hours, um, in every obstacle, just the overall experience of that, the impression that we um, shared with all of the participants in the race and the encouragement that we got from everybody in the race, it was just so amazing to be part of something bigger than what our students were doing. We were part of this big race. Our students were giving back to other racers by encouraging them, inspiring them. And so uh, the Savage Race ended up filming us during the entire thing and created this amazing video and that just really captured our students' abilities, not so much their disability, um, but what our kids could do. And all of our kids were so different. We had um, students who were completely blind. We had students with some vision. Uh, we had a student who only had um, function in one half of their body. So for these kids to overcome all of these obstacles was just incredible. And then to be able to share that success, not just with ourselves, but with everybody who participated in the race was amazing, absolutely inspiring. This next one is Dr. Hagel from Old Dominion, Virginia. Great guest that we had on and, you know, someone that's been really supportive of uh, the podcast. Introduced us to, but I've got to say that the, the thing that sticks with me and the thing that I still think about and I smile when I think about it is doing when we did these shows, these spring and Christmas shows with the kids in Queens. Um, because when we're done, the parent, it's, the, it's about the parents and the parents would come up and they're, you know, their eyes are watering and they're like, wow, I didn't know my child could do that. And we're just like, you know what? That's why we're here. That's what we do. We show you the possibilities that your child could have. Um, and my favorite one that we've ever done or we ever did was we taught, uh, this handful of kids, uh, six kids had a slow dance on stage and they were dancing with their paros and then they walked off the stage and we had each of them pick out their mom or their grandma and dance with their mom or grandmother during, uh, during the show. And like the eyes all over the, all over the uh, auditorium were just welling up with tears. Like it was one of the most beautiful things that I've ever been a part of. And I was a small part. All I did was put the music on and these kids did everything else. So that's my favorite uh, all-time story so far. But new stories happen every day. Definitely. So this is the last one, and it's with Amanda and Jean Young, uh, mother and daughter, that were both APE teachers. And this one was a very recent one, but uh, they had some great things to say. Uh, One of my students... Um, I I spoke about him a little bit earlier. He's just super high functioning. Just this kid, when he was four years old, he could hold like a a blow up basketball and just sink it in the rim. And we're like, what? Dude, this kid's four. He has Down syndrome and he just like sung a basket. Come on, stop it. So he, um, was actually fortunate enough to kind of be bumped up to my PE class my first grade with my first graders with uh, learning disabilities. So he is six with Down syndrome in a class with seven and eight-year-olds with learning disabilities, participating in every PE game that we play, every little thing. And he was like, just on it. He was awesome. And he was keeping up with all of the other kids. He was doing great. So when field day came along, good old field day, I do field day for my kids. And it's like a full legit field day for a long time. You know, it's three or four hours of field day. And he was able to come with us and do it. And he participated in everything 
with the students, um, I think the only thing that I had to modify was the hurdles, and I had to just lower them down a little bit for him. But everything else he did with his team and just with just the most happy heart, and we end field day with the relay race. So the last, you know, he got to carry the baton for his team and run his relay. And the most special thing was that his captain of his team, which was a sixth grader, ran with him the whole entire way. And then as he was kept running, all the other students came along with him and just finished that race with him all the way to the end. And his dad was actually there to be able to see it. And it was just, it was just, oh, it was so great because he was there participating and he was one of the team and there, like nothing stood out about it. So it, you know, he wasn't different. He wasn't, he was just one of the team. So uh, that was really, I'm really glad you went first. So I had a chance to kind of <laughs> process the question and think through some of my students. And the one that really stands out is um, a student in high school who is totally blind, visually impaired. And the things that we were, that I was able to do with him, um, because he was, you know, in regular ed classes, we kind of had a one-on-one situation uh, once a week that I'd say, okay, what would you like to do today? Let's try, you know, let's try juggling. You know, how can I juggle? And he was able to start juggling with plastic bags because it made noises and he could hear it and get the rhythm in we did tennis with the rattle ball just hitting against the wall so he'd hear that ball coming back at him and he was able to swing at the ball. Well, that's it. Thank you so much uh, for listening to this podcast. Uh, we have some more coming up with some nonprofits that work in the field and some Paralympic athletes. And please keep in contact with me. Let me know what you like, what you want to hear, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.